We're going to start off by going down to the Eastern Cape for our first story. It's a community story, as always, on a Sunday. And we are looking at primary health care in the Eastern Cape. Huge challenges, of course. The further you go into uh, various rural areas, the less primary health care one has and the challenge it is to get to various clinics as well. Well, the Bulongula Incubator, or the BI, is actually making a huge difference with a small solar-powered clinic which uh, can be found in the Koramouth in the Nkilani village. On the line, we've got Rajan Woodruff, who's the director of the Bulongula Incubator. Rajan, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Michelle. Uh, good to be talking to you. Um, I love your show. Oh, that's a real pleasure. Thank you so much for letting us know. It's all about you wonderful listeners and the wonderful people we interview as well. So there we go. Rajan, what is the Bulungula Incubator? The, rural, the Bulungula Incubator is a rural development organization. Uh, we started our work in this area in 2004. So we've been here sure. for a substantial amount of time. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, and uh, that's when our first community project started. And we located in, in the last census, uh, this was the poorest municipality in the Eastern Cape. And the Eastern Cape is the poorest province in the country. Um, uh, and the Mpashi municipality, which is on the wild coast uh, of the Eastern Cape. It's the former Transkei region, which, of course, is a black homeland and mm. uh, under apartheid. Um, and the, uh, so the infrastructure uh, with regard to roads, sanitation, water, um, uh, functioning schooling, um, access to healthcare uh, was of the most challenging in the country. And uh, we started our first community development project uh, essentially in 2004 with the Bulungula Lodge, which is uh, uh, 100% owned and run by the community and still operates today very successfully um, and has won many awards for for community development um, and for for tourism. And then we started the Bulungula Incubator as an NGO in 2007 and it's, it's grown from there. So, Rajan, I know the area, um, well, not that area, but, for example, I'm thinking of the Hamburg area and Kaiskama and the huge challenge, for example, to women uh, who live there in order for them to get uh, medical help and the like. What did you do with regards to bringing a completely different uh, clinic to the area that you're working in? Well, you know, our, our projects, the work we do is, is holistic. It starts essentially what we call preconception to career. So it's not just healthcare projects yeah. uh, because uh, we found over the years, as, as I'm sure it makes sense to many people, is that there isn't one particular intervention that moves you from living a life of poverty into a flourishing life. You need, yeah. uh, if you think about a child, if anybody has children, you can't give the child one Thing, right? It's not just healthcare, it's not just uh, ECD, it's not just books in matric, yeah. it's, it's everything. A human being needs all those services. So our education, healthcare, sustainable livelihoods and youth development projects all work uh, in one holistic intervention. And healthcare is a very important spoke of it, uh, but you need everything to work. You can't have an impactful education project or early childhood development project or youth development project if you don't have good healthcare. And that's where the healthcare comes into it. So, um, no, yeah. go for it. Sorry. Uh, well, I was just going to give you 
um, just a, a short overview of what, what the healthcare um, intervention then is. And it's a model that we've actually written up uh, uh, for the for, to, uh, possible uh, consideration in the new NHI bill, and there, there has been a piece written about that um, in particular. And the Bulungul Incubator model for rural areas is one that um, is essentially a home-based care uh, coupled with a health point uh, in partnership with the Department of Health because when you are located in a very remote rural area, uh, it's very hard to get to the clinics, as you can imagine. Mm. And, and the story that you picked up about us spoke about um, how hard it is to get... And... Exactly, because the distances are so far. Um, and if you were to get from where we located in Nileni village on the coast, uh, you have to walk... Uh, if you lived in the middle of the village, you have to walk for almost two hours, get to... Um, you know, get to the river, cross the river uh, with, with a, a small rickety uh, ferry boat, uh, walk for another uh, hour or so um, up some hills and then get to the clinic. And that is if you're a, 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 a fit person. What if you're pregnant or an elderly person or you have children? It's, it's near impossible. And so getting to the government clinics are hard. And we've developed a partnership uh, with the Department of Health where we have a, a health outpost that provides it as a registered nurse, um, uh, an assistant nurse, which is funded by the Department of Health. We provide the home-based care services, uh, which, is, which are really door-to-door -door services. And those are crucial because if a child falls behind, let's say, in the immunization schedule, you have somebody from their community who's trained as a community health yeah. worker who visits the households and says, you know, you, you're behind in your immunizations. And the mom's going to say, well, I can't get to that clinic across the river because, you know, I've got other children. It's, it's difficult. Um, I'm not in best physical shape and now she can just go to our health point and the home-based care worker then is able to follow up and, and see that it happens encourage her to go and she goes to a place that's in her community and the the, the clinic uh, the part of health clinic which is the one that's far away uh, they interact with us in supplying consumables drugs chronic medication vaccines um, so it's it's a partnership that that combines home-based care, and this health outburst. Rajan, you know, you, you talk about the challenge for people to, to get across. I mean, the article that I read, and I was really pleased to, to have uh, picked up on it, is that it looked at um, what the costs could be. I mean, for someone who would, is in dire straits, maybe it's a pregnant woman and she's close to giving birth, she would have to pay something like 800 rand to get in a car to get her to the clinic. So I'm, I'm just noting that for our listeners as well, because I think we, we underestimate just what that cost could be and what the impact could be. What, talking of money, how do you support a project of this nature? I mean, this is something that has to be funded. It's an ongoing process. This is about um, social justice and social support and citizen engagement. It's a not-for-profit. How do you do it? It's, uh, it's hard work. <laughs> Fundraising is, <laughs> is not, it's not easy. You've it's got to keep at it. It's not for the week or the... the <laughs> yeah, oh, you've, got to, you've got to be quite uh, tenacious and you've got to be able to take no for an answer <laughs> and keep going. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but we've got a range of funders. Um, we, we have uh, uh, foundations and, and, and corporates with ACSI that support us, but we also have government funding. And, and we work in partnership with government. Um, uh, so depending on the nature of the project, you know, we, we, we call ourselves the Bulungula Incubator because we incubate um, a good rural development projects. And then we try to have a path 
to, to sustainability and independence for each of those projects, working yeah. in very close partnership with the community. So I'll give you a, an example. It works in our health projects, but I can also give you an education example. But um, what happened with our health projects is, as I said, there was no access to a clinic. And the, we worked with the community, and the community actually built that building. They collected the money um, and provided, uh, volunteered their labor, um, got together, and, and then built just a very humble, you might have seen the pictures in that um, in that article, a very humble building uh, with just two consulting rooms uh, and, and a waiting room outside. Mm. And then we raised uh, money from foundations uh, through corporate CSI to um, to buy equipment to stock it. And and as the health point grew, we then um, met with Department of Health officials. Um, it, it took a, a long time, um, but eventually um, through that um, uh, uh, developing of that partnership, they, the Department of Health now supplies all the medical consumables and drugs um, that need to be um, that need to be supplied in the clinic. We're not using private foundation money for that at all. Mm. Uh, we raise the money for the registered nurse, so that's um, paid for by a foundation that funds us. But the enrolled nurse, who is an assistant nurse, is paid for by the Department of Health. So, um, our chronic medication system is connected into the to the Department of Health, and we've had private dentists in Cape Town, an um, organisation called VMS, who who donates our dentistry. Equipment. Okay, Rajan, so I, I need to yeah. pa- I need to pause you there because we do have to go to a break, and it'll cut into okay. what you're saying. But when we come back, I want to close off just with what it requires to really make a public-private civil society or third-sector society partnership, a multi-sector partnership work. We'll address that when we get back. The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. We're going to close off on a project called Bulungula Incubator, and uh, this takes place, and it is a community-based clinic which has brought access to health to the Koramouth community, the Nileni village community in the Eastern Cape. We're chatting to the director, Rajan Woodruff, and uh, we're talking about, in closing, Rajan, you said it took a long time, and you were in, in relation to getting the government on board as well, but it happened. And I wanted to know from you, if we look at multi-sector partnerships because ultimately that is going to be the way it is the way that we move forward and I suppose the question we have to ask is what does this mean in order to get a public private civil society or third sector partnership to really work what do you need oh wait sorry Rajan you're cracking up you've gone Uh, sorry okay yes there we go much better thank you okay Okay, great. I think uh, you asked me what we need, and I think the, the first thing is you need the right attitude, you know, and you've got to, I think it's, what we do, we, there's obviously there are a lot of things that go wrong, and there, there are a lot of problems, but it's about, you know, realizing that we can't just criticize, you know, and, and criticize and complain. We've actually just got to get in there and, uh, and make partnerships with government departments. And there are many government officials that are can-do people and want to solve problems. Problems. And it's finding those individuals, whether it's at local government, provincial government, or national, and and people who aren't stuck in the tick boxes and the red mm. tape, and really actually just want to get things done. And we find many people like that, and we partner with them, you know. And and of course you've got to say when something's not working. But instead of criticizing or complaining, you say, well, I've got this problem. I need medication in my health point. I can't be raising these funds all the time from private foundations. How do we make this happen? Yeah. And then you set up an MOU. You sign 
behind them a year, and it happens slowly, you know. Um, and I think it's about having these positive um, partnerships that actually get things done and it grows slowly from there. Rajan, we're going to leave it at that. We've got a question from George saying, uh, how do we contact Rajan? Uh, we want to follow up on their clinic initiative. We have started a 4-IR clinic and we want to chat about it and the processes. How do people get hold of you? I think the easiest way is to go to our website, which is just bulungula.org. So that's B-U-L-U-N-G-U-L-A. Bulungula, the way you, you pronounce it, is, is you can just Google it. We've got a good internet presence, and it's bulungula.org, and you will find all our contact details. It sounds like you're doing excellent work, and uh, certainly the way you talk about patience and positivity as a means to move forward and engage is... Uh, possibly one of the right ways to do it. Rajan Woodruff is the director of the Bulungula Incubator and that email or WhatsApp, not WhatsApp, uh, website address is bulungula.org if you'd like to get hold of them and find out more about the project.